Well, hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. This week in our one-year Bible, we're beginning the book of Job, which is an amazing story. And I think it's one everyone should read for several reasons. But one of them is to kind of give us a behind-the-scenes look um, about, in, in particular, his story. But I think it affects our story, too, when bad things happen. Like, what's going on behind the scenes? But at the beginning of the book, the story is just being introduced and unfolded. But we learn a lot of things about Job. But I wanted to read this particular passage at the beginning of the chapter, really jumping into verse 4, where it says, Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This last sentence is what I really wanted to, to focus in on today. This was Job's regular practice. So Job wasn't just a, a good citizen. Mm-hmm. He was a godly man. And he prayed regularly and really walked with God and prayed over his children and tried to guide his children. And I, I feel like that's an example to us that this was his regular practice. Well, there are several things that stand out to me about that. I mean, I could go on and on talking about these things, but let's just let's look at a couple. First of all, Job didn't assume that his kids were perfect. Right. And I think there are times when there are parents that no matter what their kid does, it's perfect. So in other words, it's kind of like the Charlie Brown cartoon where Charlie Brown is painting targets around arrows that he's already shot in the fence. And Linus said, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to do that. And Charlie Brown said, well, it's much easier to hit the target that way. <laughs> and I think there are parents that like say, whatever their kids do, it's automatically right because their kids are doing it. Mm-hmm. And that that's not good for the kids. I mean, right. I think the kids right. have to understand that that there's right and there's wrong. And so Job, even though these kids clearly had grown up in a godly family, they had grown up with a wonderful example as a dad. I mean, God, when he's talking to Satan about the one good person he can trust on the earth, he picks Job. So think about that. These these 10 kids have grown up in that house, but he doesn't presume that everything his kids do is right. And then secondly, he knows that with 10 kids, they're not all the same. You know, he's thinking maybe one of them has gotten away from God. And so consequently, he's very fastidious about praying for all of his kids and being concerned about their spiritual wants. Now, when you read that text, and I'm getting off on a side point here, but maybe it's worth looking at, Job doesn't try to control their lives. He hasn't told them they should get together as a family. He hasn't told them whose house they should gather in. I mean, there are parents that try to like script their kids' lives. Job doesn't do that. He's got hands off. This is something that his kids, they love being together, which is probably a good sign of how Job and his wife have parented. Uh, So he's not trying to control their lives. He's just concerned about them spiritually. And notice that what he does, and it's the old covenant, so consequently he's going to offer sacrifices. It's between him and God. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't say that he got all 10 of his kids out there and said, okay, kids, let's all have a sacrifice. He's having time with God for each one of his kids, and mm-hmm. that's his custom. Mary Alice, to me, that is beautiful. Well, and notice he's talking about what's in their heart. Now, he can see their behavior on the outside, but he's concerned true. about what's in their heart. That's true. And, you know, I know when I pray over our kids and our grandkids, I'm praying for the Holy Spirit of God to direct them in their in their relationships, in their circumstances, in the decisions they're going to make. Those are the things, the the most important things are from the heart. And I think this is one of the things that Job was concerned about. And, and there's one more thing here while I'm just wandering off on all kinds of tangents. 
I, uh, I think for people like me that are kind of prone toward anxiety, we need to know that Job was too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when all this collapsed on his life, and we know the backstory that Job didn't know, that Satan had gone to God and said, nobody serves you for nothing. And God said, well, Job, will he'll be faithful. And, and of course, Satan did all this damage to him to try to prove to God that he wouldn't be faithful. But when all this collapsed on Job, Job said, what I always feared has finally mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> Which means he had, feared it. he had lived in anxiety that everything could fall apart in his life. Well, that's not uncommon for those of us who deal with anxiety, but what I find really beautiful about it is his answer for anxiety was constant prayer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what did you read from that text that it was his... It was his regular practice. His regular practice. Reminds me of Daniel. He prayed yeah. every day. That was his regular practice. It was predictable. That was his practice. Um, and I think that's important for us as parents and grandparents to regularly pray for our children and our grandchildren. Yeah, I mean, when Job was concerned that his life could fall apart at some point, it wasn't like he tried to grasp control, which people with anxiety sometimes do. It's just that his anxieties took him straight to prayer, took him straight to seeking God, and in this case, on behalf of his two kids. Yes, so that is a place we can take our anxieties and our fears and our concerns is to the Lord. Um, You know, letting anxiety fester doesn't ever accomplish anything. But the Bible tells us to take our cares to the Lord and leave right. them there. So Casting all our cares on Him because He cares for us, That's Peter right. writes. Yeah, so we, we can... Uh, and there's another guy that I think dealt with yeah, Peter. anxiety. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. typically hits people who have high-intensity personalities. Right, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and there's a lot of us out there. There are um, a lot of us out there. And, and if, if you want to get into our anxiety um, situations that are really plaguing us, especially for parents and grandparents, you just... It's our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. I think that's our highest concern. So um, this is a great... Well, the stakes are so high and we have yes. so little control. That's true. That's true. And I always remember, you know, when Jesus was on the earth, the parents and the grandparents that brought their children to the Lord. I always picture that when I'm praying for my children and grandchildren. If Jesus was here today, I would be bringing my grandchildren and my children right. to Him. Because He laid His hands them. on them that's and blessed right. them. And yeah. we, we need His blessing in, the lives, in our lives and in our children and grandchildren too. So... Um, we can take a lesson from Job in his regular practice um, of praying for his kids. Well, Marianne, I know you pray for all our kids and grandkids by name every day. Yes. And so would you lead us in prayer today? Yes, let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the privilege of coming before you and bringing our children and our grandchildren and our loved ones, Father, into your presence as we pray. Um, it's such an honor that you would hear us, that you I care about what we care about and that you are a great God who's the great physician, who's the great orchestrator, whose Holy Spirit deals with hearts. And for each of us, for all of our families, each and every Noah's window uh, person who's watching or listening, their families that are represented, Father, we need you to watch over and protect our children and our grandchildren. We need you to protect them from the evil one. We need you to guide and direct them as they Um, grow their faith as Mm. they are in different relationships and different situations father they need you every minute of every day and i just pray that your holy spirit would work in each and every life that you would be drawing them into your presence giving them the wisdom that only you can give and the protection and we just thank you for loving those that we love and help us to be the uh, examples and help us to be faithful and and bringing them to you in prayer each and every day Thank you for all the many blessings that you have blessed us with in all of our families. And thank you for the many answered prayers. Mm-hmm. We give you the glory for that, Father. And we just look to the future as you continue to watch over those that we love. Thank you for um, 
just giving us life and sustaining us. Thank you for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. And we just, um, we love you, Lord. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Mary Alice. And thank you for joining us on Noah's Wednesday. God, God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Yes, and this is going to be airing on Tuesday. So I just want to let you know that Mark's next surgery will be in the morning. So we do appreciate your prayers right. as we travel and as he has a second surgery. And if you have a prayer request you'd like to share with us, you can always text uh, talk to us to 97,000. And if you check the box that says Noah's window, then those prayer requests will come to us. And we'll be careful to remember to pray for you as well. Thank you so much for being part of our Noah's window family. We'll look forward to seeing you here again tomorrow. That's right. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.